Hello and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. On today's show, it's grand final week in the AFL and we farewell yet another goat in the sporting world. Plus, it's the final chance for a spot in the NRL's big dance. So who are we backing? Thanks for tuning in. My name is not Molly Silver, it's Georgia Moore. <laughs> and as always, I am joined by the Silver Sisters and everyone's, I mean, I want to say everyone's favourite cameo, but I'm not sure how I feel about his arrogance at the moment. So Nico Hines, welcome. I beg your pardon, Georgia Moore. No, it's great to have you here, Nico. This is actually the first time we've been together live. So of exciting. Course. I'm ready. Well done on the intro. You've done a great job. I was so sick of hearing Marley Silver's same voice on the same intro. So good job, Georgia. <laughs> Shall we start with how our weeks were? Yeah, I was. I just, it's. I'm feeling really awkward about the delay, so I'm just want to. I don't want to butt in. When Should we talking. tell the people for starters a bit of context as we are, you know, speaking to someone on the other side of the world? There's a little bit of a delay going on, so we hope we don't speak over each other. And it, you know, I mean, the magic of Blake, it, you won't even be able to tell. But I just, it's nice to give you a little bit of that context. Thank you, G. It is really nice to be all together. It, it's a little bit surreal, but here we are. Um, Keely, why don't you kick us off? How was your week? Uh, my week was actually very fun. I had a great week. Um, I had two big nights on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, um, which is just rogue. Uh, this is why I'm a bit husky today, as per. <laughs> I haven't had like a, a bad hangover with lots of head noise in a while. Uh, oh, you had head noise? Yeah, I, you know, it was because of the vodka Red Bull. I shouldn't mm, drink it. Yeah, you and, and caffeine, not and, friends. Well, yeah, but I had a few Saturday nights. So Sunday I woke up feeling like average as and just pushed through. And then Sunday night, for some reason, I drank them again. So then yesterday I was like, oh, my God, I want to cry. I just want to say I am having a month off the booze, which I think I mentioned last week. But to a degree, I can relate to that because I've had two coffees and nothing to eat so far this morning and I have got the shakes massive. So, Kills, I feel that. I really do. Honest, I, have you done so a coffee annoying. poo yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's dead said, excuse me. I don't even know. I wasn't even noising about anything. I was just like, am I going to die today? That's what I felt like. I was like, <laughs> my heart's going to – I'm going to die. Was it Peking Duck, that concert you went oh, to? Yep. And you had, I was convinced. You weren't even drinking. You were just drinking Red Bulls. No, I had like two um, because – you had work, work the, the next day. day. And she called like, in sick to work. She was going to call an ambulance. I wasn't going to call an <laughs> yes, ambulance. I was just, I said it to my boss too. I said, I'm really not sure what's going to happen to me today. <laughs> anyway, Nico, how was your week? Not good. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm under the weather right now and we lost the game. So I don't really want to talk about my week. Yeah, fair. But you've just had KFC. How was that? It picked me up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. good. Okay. Now, I'm on the Dirty depression state, missing all the boys. Woody's over, so it's going to take a little bit to build up to this, guys, so just bear with me. Yeah, no worries. That actually makes me really sad. Oh, mate. <laughs> Georgia, how was your week? Yeah, my week was good. Um, continuing on from the same topic as last week, it's been just mental to be um, in old blighty at a time such as this, but we are officially out of the morning period as of today, so it's back to a bit of business as usual, which was nice. Um, had the chance to watch a bit of footy over the long weekend, which was good. Nico, condolences. But I was actually chatting to some mates who I watched the game with and, you know, not to pump you up any more than necessary, but we were just chatting about how impressive it is that you guys got so far and so close considering 
the almost entire restructuring you've had at the beginning of the year. So I think it um, the finals this year have not disappointed at all. Um, and we'll get a bit more into the AFL side of things soon. But yeah, good week over here. How was your week, Molly? Thanks for asking. Um, my week was actually amazing. I'm not going to lie. It was, I have to say. Oh, it was your birthday week. It was the festival of Marley and it was the best festival of Marley for my 20s. Wow. Truly, truly was. Yeah, right. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> um, it was so much fun. We had a great dinner on my actual birthday and then, yeah, Sunday night, we had a big one. We ripped in um, and just had a great time. I'm just like a really happy person. And I was like the most okay out of all of us yesterday. Yeah. I was fine. You obviously didn't drink enough. Clearly. I think I did because there are moments I don't remember, but I know I had a great time. It happens. And I got a very beautiful present from Keely, Nico and Wee Man who has been in the room for some of our podcasts. Uh, his real name's Jared. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful ring that uh, is basically the outline of the Aboriginal flag. It's actually amazing. I've had lots of comments on it already and I've barely taken it off. Wow. So thank you guys. And with that, oh, there we go. we'll get into the first segment. Feedback feels with kills. Thanks for joining me for uh, best feedback of the show. Best feedback. Yeah, I was like, best, best, segment. best segment. Oh, see, this is, I'm, uh, I'm not really, I'm very fuzzy. I'm so sorry. Anyway, um, I've got, yeah, one for us. Um, I really, I'm not okay. Keely. I'm okay. I'm not okay. I'm okay. <clears throat> this bit of feedback is from Doris. Um, so thanks for sending it in. She said, chicks, just finished listening to this week's app. Had a bit of a laugh at Marley and Killy's hate for the bunnies because my sister and I can 100% agree. She's a storm supporter. Her sister's cowboys, but their third sister is a ride or die for bunnies. So they love to bully her. She said she just can't see that her team are the worst, which is like kind of aggressive, but I'm all about it. Can I just say I've never understood that, that within a family, like people can go for different teams. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get that. Anyway, that's all I had. Yeah, thanks, Doris. Yeah, thank you, Doris. She's a loyal listener. She's yeah. one of one of the fam. Yeah. Um. I don't think, yeah, genuinely, that's all I have. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all I got. I don't actually think I have the brain capacity to um, pull anything else out of my bum, so. Okay. Well, hey, we appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for nothing, everyone. And now it's time for a segment that we call Around the Grounds. And first up this week, it is grand final week in the AFL. Uh, we're going to chat all things Geelong versus Sydney and the Brownlows. So, Shall we start with the brown lows? Yes. It's been and gone. Ladies, best dressed. I want to hear it. It's obviously the most important part of the night. Absolutely. Give me your thoughts. Okay. My best dress is a beautiful young woman by the name of Annalise Dallins. Is that the one in the white dress? She goes out with Josh Dacos. Jeremy. Oh, yeah. He's going to have opinions. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the real tick of approval. Um, I also really like Daniel Rioli's partner's dress. I think it didn't photograph that good, but I quite like it. And it's um, sort of like a dress that's a, what's that called? Strapless. Strapless. Oh, Jesus. Strapless with like a lo- deep cut um, in the cleavage and like sequins. It's very cool. I think it's cool. Okay. But my, my number one is the first girl I said, that Annalise girl. It's a two-piece with like a high neck and the white and a, like a low-cut skirt. And there's only like girls who are like heaps shredded who can pull that off. She looks amazing. I also really liked 
Stephen May's partner of the demons, Sachi Dade, in a in a beautiful red number. Beautiful. Yeah. I like She's very red. lovely. I'm just going to talk about the little rogue one I saw with a few of the boys just chucking on the speed dealers. It's and so the, simple yet so effective. Like just as the whole outfit, just speed dealers. No, with their suits. I'm just saying I agree with the girls you said, but I also enjoy a bit of pants. Okay. Georgia, what were your thoughts and feelings? First of all, I cannot believe the amount of black and white that was on the red carpet this year. I have never seen such an unspoken theme at an event before. And I feel like the white dresses, wedding type vibes have been sneaking in over the past couple of years, but this year was mental. So kudos to everyone for getting the same memo. Um, But my best dress, and this is not an original thought by any stretch of the imagination, goes to Britt Selwood, who is the long-term wife of Joel Selwood, who is an extremely talented, very well awarded player from Geelong Cats. And she debuted her baby bump in like a silver metallic sort of slit, very cool dress. But the best part about this, Britt and Joel have been like quite open about their struggle to uh, get pregnant over the past number of years. Um, And she made just like a really beautiful acknowledgement to anyone else who was struggling with pregnancy loss or infertility and just like said that, you know, that's been such a big part of their journey and she hopes everyone gets their miracle one day soon. So it was like a super special message along with a stunning dress. She always does well at Brownlow's, but very exciting to see them with a bump. And also an honourable mention to the Doherty's. If that name sounds familiar, you would have heard us talk about Sam Doherty, who is a Carlton player. Um, and over the past couple of years, he has struggled with testicular cancer. He had to stop playing for a moment. He made a really incredible comeback. The whole team shaved their head. Those stories are ringing bells. They also debuted a baby bump on the carpet, um, which is obviously super special for them. But yeah. Beautiful. Now on to the less important part of the night, the winner <laughs> of the brown low, <laughs> Patrick Cripps. Um, he won by one point over second place Lockie Neal, Lions player, who is a former winner, and just two points separating first and third um, Miller from the Gold Coast. But he was a 2014 draft pick, so he's been around for doesn't feel like that long because he's still so young, but quite a while, and he's been on the cusp for so long and always polled really well. But, you know, with the upward rise of Carlton's success this season and them finally, you know, fighting for a top eight spot, he finally took out the top gun. Gong. Beautiful. So well done to Paddy Cripps, also super handsome. So just like great to see him up there in a suit. <laughs> That's what it's really about. It's about having a bit of a perv on these red carpets. And I have to say, like I'm always very invested in the fashion of both the Brownlow and the Dalliem. And usually the Brownlow informs or gives a bit of a sneak peek of what we will see at the Dalliems because it seems to be like a through line trend. It'll be interesting to see if that black and white theme kind of stays. I remember last year there was a lot of wedding-esque dresses Remember, Keely? Yes, and we were not about it. Yeah, I wasn't about that. Um, I wasn't about the kind of bridal vibe. I do like a classic kind of black or white, but some of the like black numbers I saw just look like just your simple black dress. I want something extravagant. I want it like that two-piece of that girl. Like, yes, it's hot. You look great. There's a lot of eyes on you. You've just got to bring something. It's like um, Kelsey Brown wearing the pink suit. Yeah. Was, was it a suit? No, it wasn't a suit. Pink it was dress. a high neck. Oh, she looks great. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Beautiful colour. So you need something like that. Mm. Personally, yeah, that was just my absolutely 
I have no expertise. That's just my opinion. <laughs> what, what do you think <laughs> of the fashion, Nicholas? Nah, I don't know. I feel like the brown lows are like they care more about the AFL care more about their brown low than what we care about our Dalians. Yeah, you're probably right. I feel like there's I more, this- more talk about it and they, yeah. they care, they dress up more and they just take more care in what they do with their brown lows. Am I wrong to think that? No, I oh, think you're probably then. right. I think, yeah, the Brownlow is arguably probably steeped in a little more tradition and the red carpet has been a bigger part of their night for longer than it sort of has been in the NRL. So the, you know, wag element of the evening has always been prominent in the AFL, whether it's it's sort of more recent thing in the NRL. Yeah, I remember mum saying when dad won his, there was like not a, not a red carpet, no media or yeah, anything. Not. They had a big party. That's all mum cared all that about. Is, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Sorry. Now, the other actual sporting element of this being that this weekend we will watch the Sydney Swatties hopefully get a win up against the Cats. Georgia, you have a more a less you know biased perspective on this, but what do you reckon um, is actually going to unfold on Saturday? Uh, yeah, it's funny. As I was writing this up, I was sort of doing predictions and so forth, and everything I wrote was like, Georgia's prediction, Geelong. Silvers, I'm assuming Sydney. Georgia's <laughs> prediction for the Norm Smith, Jeremy Cameron. Silvers, I'm assuming Buddy. buddy. <laughs> so I think it is, it's a little, a bit of um, state v state, mate v mate in this one. Interestingly, the highest pollers in the Brownlow for Sydney and Geelong were only seventh and eighth respectively. So they haven't necessarily had the more dominant players on the pitch, which I think is going to make for an interesting game and a super interesting Norm Smith award. Um, if you don't know or haven't really been following the AFL too much this season, Geelong were minor premiers. They finished first. Sydney came in a relatively close third place. And the last time they actually played each other this season was all the way back in March and Sydney took it out by about 30 points, 107 to 77. So their last wins, Geelong hasn't won a flag since 2011. Sydney haven't won a flag since 2005. So, you know, it's, oh it's, 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 it's really history. that long ago. I remember that win quite clearly too. Yeah. So needless to say, I think I may have mentioned on here once or twice, Geelong are a close second in my heart and I will always barrack for Victoria over any other state really. So <laughs> that's my prediction. I think Jeremy Cameron will take out, Norm Smith if he performs like he has been just you know reliable and consistent all season but I think Tom Hawkins could also have a cracker if he gets some through the middle posts. Gals obviously you're going for Sydney I don't have any harsh feelings against them how does it feel to be in town for it? Oh well we were next door um, you know to the SCG when the Swans won in that kind of very panicked final oh. minute. We were watching it on Keely's phone screaming. Um, my heart couldn't handle it. Oh, I was uh, so nervous. Yeah, it I was. was so nervous. I can't believe they let them come back. Oh. Yeah, but that's what Collingwood's I done know. all year. And that's what AFL is, like the game can turn. Yeah, so, so I mean, but I think, yeah, look, I'm not going to act like we watched a lot of AFL this year because we kind of were. Oh, like, I watched a bit. Yeah, I watched, not, I, but not as intently as rugby league. So oh, yeah. um, I can't say... I don't think I can give an unbiased perspective of what's going to happen. I would really like Sydney to win. I know it would make a lot of friends and family friends very, very happy if they do. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like you are, are always going to back Victoria. I love beating other states, <laughs> whatever they are. Up the Swannies. Up the Swannies. And we just, you know, Buddy's signed on one more year. Yeah. What a beautiful time to have that announced. I don't know. There's a, and there's like – 
There's some cool dudes. Yeah, no, it is one. exciting that being in Sydney though, like there's just a bit of hype. It's good. So yeah. many people get around it because yeah. they're like, yeah, yeah, go for the swans now. I'm like, okay. But it's good. It's nice to have a because bit, of, the, bit of NO. Can I say like the swans are like the storm of the AFL, right? Because like a lot of people like to hate the Swannies because, you know, Sydney and when – I remember like no, it being like right. that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's what it feels like. Yeah, I think that it comes from that real like traditionalist, this was VFL before it was yeah. the AFL viewpoint from Victorians, which I won't lie, you definitely inherit from like being in the state. I remember like family, friends of mine way back in the day said like, you know, it could be Collingwood, a team that everyone loves to hate until it comes to the grand final. And then if they're playing someone from outside of Victoria, it's like, well, like I would always go for Collingwood over yeah, the yeah. other team. So it is that real patriotism for the States, but I think it's super exciting. I, I think Buddy's news will be like a real sort of push for the Swans. And I hope that it does provide a bit of extra excitement. But my only concern is that perhaps they played their grand final last week. I think that a thrilling game like that always goes one or two ways. And I'm hoping that it goes the latter to like provide a really good game for the final. But I feel like it's either they, you know, expend everything they have in that semi to get through or, you know, it just gives that extra kick to like go and win the next one. So hopefully it's just a really good game. I think that both teams have been in pretty consistent form all season. So I'm excited. I Do you know who the entertainment is? I know G Flip's performing. Oh, really? Are they the only person who is? Is there someone else? There is whispers of Kylie Minogue. Shut up. Oh, that is You're kidding. Outstanding. So she was photographed with a Geelong jumper um, a couple of days ago, but nothing has been confirmed yet. So hopefully that would be mental. Oh, my God, I would die. I love her so much. And our next story is a farewell to Fed. Last week, it, I think it actually happened the day our episode came out. So we're kind of late to the news, but this is the first time we've been on mic since then. And Roger Federer, in a quite a lengthy emotional statement, has announced his retirement from tennis, which I feel like is just a sad day for the tennis world. But he said that he couldn't quite play through the injuries and the recovery that he had wished. Um, and he is calling it. So before I go to you girls, some stats in case you're unaware of how bloody good he was. Fed ranked number one for 310 weeks of his career, including a record-breaking 237 consecutive weeks oh my and finished the year at number one five times. He had 103 tournament wins, 20 Grand Slam wins, 111 doubles tournament wins with a win rate of 66% or 65% at Grand Slams only. So a bit of a question as to why we still consider him the GOAT when, you know, or equal to or above um, Djokovic, who's won at 21 slams and Rafa at 22. But I think it's like a needless argument that the world just loves him. He's just a good guy. I think that's why he's more loved. Like a lot of people, uh, Djokovic is a very divisive character and I think a lot of people love Rafa as well and I think Rafa will neatly slip into the spot as he leaves it, um, even though Djokovic is kind of, you know, undoubtedly – been more successful in the last 
couple of years or so. Um, but it is a sad day. And, you know, what's what about this for a year of retiring from tennis? Oh. Started with Ash, then we lost Serena, and now Roger Federer. Like, I don't know if I even care about tennis anymore. I just feel like... I, w- I would really like to know what Blake thinks, actually. He's a big tennis we've fan. We've spoken about it before, but I'm just like... We've, we've lived through so many, like, crazy sporting milestones, and this is one of them. Like, I'm just like, this is wild. I remember Sad. watching Federer from... I don't know how old I was. And Nan would, 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 would watch the Australian Nan would, Nan would be watching the tennis and I would, we would sit with Nan. Yeah. And it was always Federer. Yeah. It's like the first tennis name as well. Uh, well, for me it was like you. No, I said yeah. as well as like you yeah. that I remember. I wouldn't yeah. have known anyone else. So I don't know. It feels weird. Yeah. But like his message on Instagram was so like lovely. And then Rafa's response was – Equally, if not more lovely, like it just I made wish me that so. This day would never come. I know. It so just cute. made me. That made me. That hit me more. That both, but both of their Instagram posts really hit me. Mm. But um, I've been good on him. Yeah. He's done everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've done it all. You have like, nothing else enjoy. to enjoy. You've got two sets of twins. You got to look after. Enjoy the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. 100%, yeah, Nico, what do you think of Roger Federer? Yeah, it's a very very sad day. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that's how into this Nico is. <laughs> he does respect Federer. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, it's not a laughing matter. It's just quite funny the state that you're in. Um, yeah, sad. It'll, and it will be interesting to see the ways that this makes space for sort of the up and comers, like the guy who just won the US Open and and all that sort of stuff. So um, yeah, and maybe it makes more space for old mate Nick. I think for sure, like we, you guys just mentioned it then and Serena and Fed definitely, you know, capture my earliest tennis memories and the, you know, staying up at all hours when the longer games went into the early hours of the morning watching the Opens and that is such an end of an era, seeing them sort of both go consecutively so close to each other. But I do think, like you said, it opens the spot for the next up-and-comers, but We've spoken about this a thousand times on the podcast, so I apologise for getting repetitive. We have seen so many quote-unquote goats retire in the past sort of 18 months to two years. Do we think that we are passing the era where one player or one athlete in the sport dominates that spot for such a long amount of time so consistently I think Federer is something that I remember for my entire life you look at the likes of Brady who is unretired so that doesn't really count quite yet but you know your Cam Smiths and these people of the world is the widening fan base and the faster pace in how we judge and look at players the amount of media we're consuming the bandwagons that people are jumping on now is that sort of dissipating the position for someone to just hold that title for almost their entire career geez that's a good question yeah i know that's a really good you're really making me think and i don't want to (laughs) no i i think that we'll sort of maybe that's we get the answer to that in the next couple of years like you said like these absolute goats of of the game games plural um have gone we need a little bit more space from them to see those ones coming through i think you're right in terms of um yeah particularly some of these much bigger global sports you think that um yeah because because the era of social media right it's an era of niches of people who find their own community and and have this really passionate community that's committed to a particular person or a particular thing and that's why to us someone feels like this you know might feel more like this undisputed loved big person but it's just because of the niche we live in online yeah 
I think I think I actually agree with what George is saying now the more I think about it. I think that um I see more of not upset isn't the right word, but I see more space for, you know, two different people being in a Grand Slam final throughout a year. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like I don't see a consistent person being in like when I think about it now and in other sports. But I feel like I can see more, you know, not the two same teams being in the front. I don't see that dominance that she's kind of talking about. So I, I, I yeah, would, I think she's probably. I right. mean, we'll find out that maybe there'll be some superstars coming through. Um, but I, yeah, I tend to agree in this, like sort yeah. of the way that Serena and Federer and um, yeah, even Tom Brady and that held it for so long. And I feel like from because of where she, the media. Stuff has come from there was there wasn't that much media back, kind of when all these goats were born, or even like the technology. Yeah, in in a medical sense, in in the Training way that sense. your, your tra- understanding of how, how you should train all that stuff, it should even out a few things on the board. Yeah, agreed. What about you, Nico? You got any thoughts on that, or brain not functioning? Oh, I've got plenty of thoughts, but my brain's not functioning right now. <laughs> Fair enough. I just wanted to give you the opportunity. <laughs> um, but yes, great question and discussion to bring to the. The table, G. I'd like to put that to the listeners, actually, of of what they think. If you guys have thoughts about this, can can the standalone goat have longevity that we've seen in the last couple of decades? Keely just hit her head on the mic. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think people would have a lot of opinions on that. You the real MVP. Now it's time for a segment we like to call MVPs, where each week we'll award someone or something our personal MVP title for something they've done. Not necessarily something that happens on a sporting field, but rather an act or win that brought us joy. Marley, you look ready to go. Well, my looks have deceived you, Georgia, because I don't know if I do have an MVP. Because my week was so great that it's hard for me to narrow down the one thing that brought me the most joy. I think I'm just like grateful for friends, my friends, okay. grateful for my friends who showed up for me, who had a solid crack, who more than you had a bigger crack than I did. Yeah. And I appreciate them. Yeah. And it's not happening for ages again. So don't ask. I know, but Hey, look, I got, I, I had a great time. So it's really hard for me to look, I know I mentioned that at the beginning of the show, but that's the, the weight of how good my, you know, celebration was. So I'm just going to leave it with that. Pals, which you guys say I don't have, but here we are. Keely, who's your MVP? Um, my MVP actually comes from, um, oh, actually, no, a discussion over last week, but in particular tonight. My touch football coach is one of the goats. He's one of the greats. Um, his name is Pete. I call him Big Dog. And anyway, that's not the point. The point is, so my touch coach, he um, always, you know, tries to rally the troops together and, you know, he actually put it on me that I had to be the coordinator of um, our bonding night as a team and we always like to have a good crack. Um, anyway, he put in our group chat tonight that as an incentive, um, we actually have a public holiday this Thursday and we train on a Wednesday night and... Um, We'll be going to the pub after training and he's going to shout everyone dinner um, and he's invited the men's team and he's also said he actually lives like about five minutes away from us um, and he's told me that he's also shouting Uber to and from training so I just have to be at his house at a certain time and I think training is going to be really fun. <laughs> so that's, that's like great. MVP behaviour. Yeah. He's, he's a great man. Gee, who's your MVP? My MVP, and again, I do apologise oh. for being 
moderately repetitive of last week. I know it was the queen last week, but my MVP goes to my boss who, bless him, marched in the parade on Monday and he was one of four people who got to march behind the royal family, which is a pretty impressive feat. Um, And it just looked like a long, exhausting day and those poor soldiers were out there for so long. But he did an amazing job. All my family were, like, spotting him on TV and sending photos and stuff. So it was very cute. It's obviously a massive honour for him um, and a really emotional time. So he just did in, like, the big beef eater, big red, uh, black fluffy hats that you see at, like, outside Buckingham Palace and so forth. So he did the march in London. He did the march in Windsor. Um, got to go out to the family's burial. So... He killed it, and he's such a great boss, and I love him. Sorry, how big a deal is your boss? Like, can you yeah, measure he's, that? He's a pretty top dog. <laughs> Holy. Wow. That is crazy for you to be in that close proximity to that, that history. That's pretty mad. And now it's time for our final segment called One to Watch. To kick us off, I'm sure we have a bit of a collective one. It's the prelims in the NRL this weekend. So we're going to give you who we're backing and why. Marley, kick it off. Um, in the rugby league, the prelims, I believe, will be won by Parramatta and Penrith. And I think we'll have a battle of the West for the grand final. Did you just climb into my brain? Yeah, I did. I, <laughs> because that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I was dead saying going to go, West is best. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to have a battle of the West. Yeah, I hope so. Penrith are too dominant and I hate South. <laughs> and we hate South. And, and I, think, I think Para, it's kind of like, I, don't, I, I think don't it would really just be cool. Para, but I think it's kind of nice that they're, they're not such choking. an underdog. <laughs> they're not choking for once. So that's what I'm predicting. And I don't really care for the Cowboys that much. Yeah, it's really hard because, you know, I talk about sport for a job and I have no more emotional capacity to care about rugby league. Yeah, it's done. Out the door. In, in other news though, NRLW semis yes. are on Sunday. Far more exciting. Um, Knights v Dragons. Oh. Roosters v Power. I think I'm going to back the Knights. I think I'm going to back the Knights too. And then the Roosters. And the Roosters are, again, yeah, they're too, good. too dominant. Yeah. Very, and I think the Roosters will win the grand final. I'm going to go, I'm going to continue with the Knights. I picked Knights for the start of the season. Yeah, you did. And they've been very good, but I just think Roosters is too clinical. Okay. Georgia. I am also going to have to stick with Knights from the beginning of the season two for the chicks. I'm nervous, but I'm, I'm nervously confident and I'm going to go against the grain in the NRL. I think, and this could be wishful thinking, but I should say I want the cows to get it done over the eels. I think that the eels are in like, such red hot form but I don't know if they've been able to show the consistency just yet I hope the week off hasn't done damage to the cows and I hope they can come out firing and win I think Penrith are almost as close as you can get to a no-brainer in a prelim but I'm hoping for a one-two grand final and I think the cows deserve it and I want to see Queensland there and I don't like para so I want it to be cows fair enough play on I have nothing to say to that yeah fair enough we're allowed our opinions (laughs) Um, did you have another one to watch? Me? Yeah. Um, no. Okay. I watched the new Rick and Morty. Weird. So weird. Super weird. Yeah. 
Like I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Why do they always do incest? And I pretty much rewatch Friends again. Okay. I started watching a doco called Sins of Our Mother. Ooh. I've listened to the podcast about it. Crazy. Highly recommend. Georgia Moore. Any other one to watch before we wrap up? No, not really. I was focused on all the finals that are happening this week. I'll recommend the Cut podcast and their newsletter. They never fail to deliver. I've said it before. I'll say it again. But yeah, get around some finals happening this weekend. There is a pub I should mention opening at 4.30 a.m. to watch the AFL Grand Final over here. And then it has like all DJs and so forth happening. That's super fun. But I am off the drink. So I'm like a little bit sadly missing out. But I mean, if you're listening from London, get around it. It's in Vauxhall. Love it. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for hanging out. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening. Follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod and get in our DMs. We've asked for a little bit of feedback in your thoughts and a few things in this episode. So, yeah, we want to hear from you. Um, have I missed anything, Keely Silver? Nah, man. Five star rating. Um, Give us one of those. Feedback if you're not a dog. Wow. Yeah. And, um, or if you're not a I'm coward. I'm sorry if the tone has been a bit weird. If this you're week not too. a coward. Okay. And with that, we'll say goodbye. See ya. Catch you next time. Bye. Don't mom. say that. I hate when you do that. Bye. Oh.